Hi, this is Mark Raven. This is episode five. Today's post was published on January 12th, 2015, and it's titled Lessons from the Football Coaching and Leadership Styles of the Oregon Ducks and Ohio State Buckeyes. First, a quick note. Today is the fifth anniversary of the Haiti earthquake. Uh, Russell Maroney's journal from his volunteer work there, which includes some lean concepts he employed there, uh, is still available online. You can learn more about this. You can download a, a free PDF if you go to leanblog.org slash Haiti and hope you'll consider making a charitable contribution. Now on today's somewhat trivial by comparison topic. Um, tonight is the inaugural championship game for the college football playoff. And Many of you might not care about the game, and uh, I think there's still some good management and leadership lessons to be learned from the coaches of both teams. So first, Oregon. For Oregon football, leadership doesn't mean yelling and screaming. So the stereotype of a football coach is sort of like the stereotype of an army drill sergeant. Lots of yelling and screaming and getting in your face when mistakes are made during practice. Um, and this isn't really true anymore with drill sergeants who have adopted new ways, and it's not true anymore in the Oregon Ducks football program. The way we've always done things doesn't have to be the way we keep doing them, and that's true in our workplaces as well. A few years back, I wrote about Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly and how some alumni were embarrassed or even appalled by his red face screaming at players on national TV. Now, a Wall Street Journal article from a few years ago uh, explains how the Oregon approach is different, and the article was titled, Why the Oregon Ducks Don't Believe in Yelling. So uh, from the article, it says, In a move that may send football traditionalists into a sideline meltdown, Oregon coach Mark Helfrich and his staff have ditched the age-old technique of screaming at players to motivate them. Instead, Oregon's coaches have implemented a softer, less confrontational, and altogether cuddlier method of running their team. Quote, it's not about who can scream the loudest, said Helfrich, the Ducks' 41-year-old second-year coach. Quote, we have excellent specialists in their field, great leaders of young men that need to teach guys what to do, to show them and tell them and find a way to bring that home. There's hopefully way more talking than yelling. Now, when a mistake is made, again from the article, quote, when you put your arm around a guy and say, this is how it could be done better, they understand that you care about them and you just want what's best for the team, said Marcus Mariota, Oregon's Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Quote, those guys already understand they did wrong. So, you know, we see more talking than yelling. This reminds me of lean management. Um, it's not about the yelling and screaming, the shaming and blaming model that it was far too familiar with at GM 20 years ago. Um, a lean environment isn't nice or passive aggressive, though. We need to talk openly about problems and opportunities for improvement, not ignore them. But we can talk about them in a calm way and, and solve problems in a scientific manner instead of yelling or pressuring people to try harder or be more careful. Now, there are elements of what Toyota calls the respect for people principle that we might recognize in the Oregon approach, again, from the article. Oregon's non-aggression policy isn't limited to players. Offensive coordinator Scott Frost says that the spirit of civility extends to the coaching staff, where the lowliest graduate assistants are treated with the same deference as top members of the staff. Quote, guys in our program don't get yelled at and treated like they're beneath the coaches, Frost said. Quoting again, there's more enjoyment and laughing in our building than almost any football building in the country. So it's, it seems to be part of their philosophy. And again, a matter of respect. Again, the article says, instead of a chain of command with the head coach at the top, 
Oregon's coaches, players, and administrators are viewed as equals and collaborators. Quote, Every single member of this team is seen as a leader in their own way, said Senator Hronis Grasu. So it's an end to command and control management. I think we'd hope to see such a transformation in hospitals and other organizations. Now, their article talks about how you know, the so-called millennials don't like to be yelled at or, or talked to that way. Um, I'm older than a millennial. I'm, uh, I'm sort of Generation X. Um, I'm not sure any generation really likes being treated that way, being yelled at or abused. It was maybe just more accepted in the past and people didn't push back or leave to find a better environment since that's the way it might have been in most organizations, perhaps. So Oregon gets their toughness questioned due to their style of play and their focus on speed. But I think choosing the lead in a different way is proving to be effective. It maybe requires more discipline and self-control to not yell at somebody and I think that's a more effective measure of toughness. Well, and now the Ohio State Buckeyes, and this next section was titled Urban Meyer, Ohio State, and a New Method of Teaching. So I don't want to exclude the Ohio State Buckeyes from this discussion. They're the uh, opponents of the Ducks. My good friend Ron Pereira from Gemba Academy is a huge Buckeyes fan. Now, I saw an article last month also in the journal that was titled How Urban Meyer Took the Buckeyes to School. Now, it's not a commentary on academics for the football team, but it's about how they teach and coach football. They're also changing some elements of the way that it's always been done. So from the article, it says, in part, in academia, flipped learning turns the traditional classroom teaching model on its head, delivering lessons online outside of class and moving homework into the classroom via individual tutoring or activities. A football team might seem to be an inapplicable environment for this, but Meyer employed a similar approach after taking over the Buckeyes, who went six and seven the previous season. So in a course, a workshop I teach for the Theta Care Center for Healthcare Value that's called Daily Continuous Improvement for Healthcare, I've tried to adopt some of this approach. I don't think lecturing is the best use of time when we've gathered a group together in Wisconsin. And I think more valuable are discussions, exercises, simulations, gimbal walks, and, and practice. The typical approach is to lecture from slides with a few other activities. And, and look, I've been as guilty um, of that as anybody. Um, I was the first LEI Theta Care instructor to do online pre-work where people could view recorded lecture segments at their convenience, uh, or they could read one of my books on the topic. And then that made the classroom time more valuable. So again, from the journal, it says, the theory behind it is that introducing students to new material through short video lectures, screencasts, or online slideshows out of class time allows for the lower levels of cognitive work, gaining knowledge and comprehension, to be performed outside the classroom on their own schedule and at their own pace. Class time can then be repurposed into workshops where students can inquire about the material and interact with hands-on activities. These help accomplish the harder task of assimilating knowledge. So back during the Ebola scare, uh, many hospitals were having employees watch videos or attend lectures on Ebola preparedness and methods. But that, I guess that lower level cognition, that awareness is not the same as the ability to actually do something. So as I blogged about before, there's a big difference between uh, telling, which isn't effective, and hands-on interactive training that is effective as was shown by some hospitals and the US military. So learning by doing, you know, while being coached on a one-on-one -on -one basis 
is part of the reason why the training within industry methodology is so valuable as part of the broader lean methodology. And there's a great book on the topic um, about TWI at Virginia Mason Medical Center. It's titled Getting the Standard to Work in Healthcare, Using TWI to Create a Foundation for Quality Care. So, you know, in conclusion, I think regardless of which team wins, and I, I know Ron wants the Buckeyes to win, um, both teams are doing some innovative things in different ways. They're both getting beyond the way we've always done things, and you can see the results. So the question I would pose is, what can you and your organization do to be innovative and get better results here in 2015? So if you want to see this article online, if you want to read it or share it or see the links in the article, you can go to leanblog.org audio5.